ReachMD XM157 presents a special series, Insights in Future Medicine. What does the future of medicine look like from the eyes of Microsoft's medical industry technology officer, Dr. Bill Krauss? You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Larry Kaskill, your host. Joining me today, Dr. Bill Krauss, the Worldwide Health Director for Microsoft, Inc., in his role at Microsoft, he works directly with Microsoft industry partners and healthcare organizations to help them benefit from using Microsoft technologies and solutions. Dr. Krauss is also the founder of drgoodwell.net, now known as Goodwell Technologies, and he is also known locally and nationally for his work in medical communications. Dr. Krauss, welcome to the show. Thank you, Larry. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, what is going on from the world of Microsoft? What are they looking at to attack and to change and to revolutionize? Well, actually, our our vision is pretty simple, and that is to improve health around the world. And that may be surprising coming from Microsoft because, after all, we are not a healthcare company, per se. We're not a provider organization, obviously. But we strongly believe that information technology has a very important role to play in patient quality, safety, and the provision of care. In fact, uh, just recently on October 5th, I think Bill Gates wrote a, a very interesting article in the Wall Street Journal calling for a healthcare internet revolution, a theme that I've espoused for some time and have expanded upon in my blog, which, by the way, if anybody wants to check out, is http colon forward slash blogs.msdn.com health blog. Hope you'll check that out sometime. But, you know, we're really involved everywhere where information technology touches the healthcare industry. Which is everywhere. And it seems like it's the only industry that has not been taken over by IT, and it should be. Well, that's very true, Larry. And in fact, part of what I do is, of course, travel the world. Uh, My responsibilities here at the company are worldwide. And it's been very eye-opening as I've traveled the world, particularly the rest of the industrialized world, to come back to America. And this has been a a theme for me the past couple of years, is to tell my colleagues, uh, healthcare executives and physicians, that we are woefully behind the rest of the world. In fact, we are literally the worst of the worst of the industrialized world when it comes to healthcare IT, or, or IT rather, in healthcare. Who's the best, Bill? It would be hard to say who's best, but again, I, probably the better question is why. And of course, if we look around the rest of the world, in the industrialized world, of course, healthcare is largely a publicly financed uh, enterprise. You've got direct involvement and heavy funding by government. Uh, you do have more of a, a top-down system than we have here in the U.S., For example, in the United Kingdom right now, there's an initiative to spend literally billions of pounds. I mean, it's something like 15 or 20 billion U.S. dollars completely upgrading the entire data spine and and all the tools and technologies used in the U.K. Our neighbors to the north in Canada are going through a similar multi-billion dollar expansion of healthcare information technology improvement. Now, here in the U.S., President Bush did proclaim that we would have an electronic health record for all Americans in 10 years. That was in 2004, so mm-hmm. I guess we've got about... Uh, a few more years. Yeah, a few more years, but, but uh, less than 10. You know, the one thing he didn't say was that, you know, government was going to pay for this because, of course, we have a different system here in the U.S. It's largely falling upon the providers and the payers and the health industry itself. And that worries me a little bit because I'm not seeing the kind of dramatic rapid adoption that we do see around the rest of the world. Well, I'm slightly skeptical and cynical by being a physician for so long. I would imagine that there are enormous lobby groups that are pressuring our government to speed up the process. Well, the good news is, is that, I mean, you know, we are seeing more adoption here in the U.S., I think over the past couple of years than I've seen 
since I've been involved in the business. And, and I, too, have been a practicing physician for 20 years, worked in family medicine, practiced here in Seattle. So I have walked the walk, and I know the pain that this causes, this transformation of the industry. But you know, even though we've made some progress, uh, roughly 75 to 80% of U.S. healthcare is still done mm-hmm. the old-fashioned way with pencil and paper or pen and paper, and that just doesn't cut it in 2007. I probably didn't, didn't cut it in the year 2000. You know, so we have a long ways to go, and, and that's concerning. And you, know, you, you travel around the world, and it, it's almost laughable because in many, many other countries, I mean, it's virtually 100%. Well, uh, you, know, you say it's painful. We, we converted our office about 10 months ago, and it, it hurt for a few weeks. That's it. You know, it's a no pain, no gain. I'm so pleased to hear you say that because I think that, you know, the fear of the unknown really transcends the value that can be obtained by this. And, you know, yes, it is painful. Now, I know you were a cardiologist, if I recall. Is that correct? Well, internist, but that's internist, close cardiologist, enough. Okay. Well, that also is reassuring to me because my primary care colleagues are probably having the toughest time right now. We know that you know, primary care is not a real healthy industry and that they are fiscally constrained. We are more likely to see investments in electronic records in large clinics or large hospitals, uh, less so when you start getting into the smaller practices and particularly primary care. The good news here is, and, and this is again, the influence of companies like Microsoft, global technology companies that are starting to weigh in on this industry, is that I think over the next couple of years, you're going to see tremendous commoditization in this industry. I mean, this is something that I write about extensively and talk about on my visits around the world. I think it's sinful, quite frankly, that physicians should be asked to pay 30000 or $50,000 a seat for an EMR system you ought to be able to get a good system for a couple of thousand dollars. And I do believe that that's the direction we're headed in. And interestingly enough, there are a number of companies out there that are starting to hit that price point, and they're doing it by building their solutions on commodity software. In the same vein, of course, we here at Microsoft deal with large enterprise hospitals around the world. You know, it's not unusual for an American hospital that's re-engineering its, its uh, information technology to spend 150 or $200 million dollars and yet I am seeing more robust or equally robust systems overseas that are built with commodity software components for, I mean, literally 10 cents on the dollar, sometimes 5 cents on the dollar compared to what we're doing here. I didn't really complete the thought about, question that comes up about why are we so far behind. I mentioned the, the fact that healthcare is more publicly financed elsewhere in the world. But the other thing is we're, in a way, paying a price for being early adopters of IT. And if we go back to the 70s and so forth, you know, there's a lot of old legacy systems that were very bulky, very inflexible, and very expensive. And so many of our hospitals and health systems are burdened with trying to make that work in a contemporary environment, whereas overseas, they're leapfrogging because they didn't inherit that burden of legacy, and often they're able to just kind of start from scratch and, and build these very robust systems using contemporary technology. Bill, what is Microsoft doing right now to get into the game? Well, we've made some pretty big announcements. Our health vertical here at Microsoft. I mean, quite frankly, a lot of people, when I first joined the company about six years ago, would say, Microsoft Health? I don't get it. What does Microsoft do in health? Well, what they don't realize, of course, is that our technology is in just about everything that's out there. It's a little bit like the Intel Inside story. It's fairly ubiquitous. But we really have started to get our arms around health uh, over the past eight or nine years here at Microsoft. We studied the industry intensively for a few years. Uh, We work very uh, progressively and intensively with ecosystem of partners, uh, some 600 of them around the world, who actually take Microsoft technology and embed it in the solutions that they sell to the industry. But more importantly, the big news here at Microsoft is that we now have a health solutions group. And over the past couple of years now, we've started both acquiring companies 
that have healthcare technology and uh, also building solutions for the industry. Uh, a couple of our most recent acquisitions, people may have heard about a health integration engine and some analytics software called Zixi that came out of the MedStar system in Washington, D.C., really powerful software that gives individual end users access to all the data across an enterprise and, and an ability to really slice and dice and analyze things. We also, just within the past week or so, have announced acquisition of a company that we've been following, interestingly enough, in Bangkok, Thailand, at Brummergrad Hospital, called Global Care Solutions. Global Care Solutions has built a very robust healthcare information system based on Microsoft technology for hospitals largely overseas. They have about seven or eight hospitals currently using the system, but it's absolutely a marvel. And earlier when I was saying, you know, surprising what can be done with these commodity technologies at very low cost, I mean, this is an example of a system that runs end-to-end an entire hospital, all clinicals, all administrative functions in multi-languages because, of course, of where it's based. So it's really something to be, uh, to be noted, and you'll be seeing a lot more about, about this around the world. The other big news is really on the consumer front, and that is on October 4th, the public launch of Health Vault. Health Vault is a place where people can store and access and search uh, health information. Sometimes the press has confused it by saying, well, Microsoft has launched a personal health record. What we've actually launched is a platform for personal health records to live on. So this is an ecosystem, almost an operating system for healthcare, if you will, where consumers and partners and developers of healthcare technology and, and web services around healthcare in the home can basically play. Bill, you know, talking about that ecosystem you're creating, I have an EMR and it only talks to itself. And yeah. so when are we going to see the Tower of Babel come down? Well, one of the things to the credit of government, and I think one of the progressive things it is and positive things that is going on in this country is, you know, uh, Michael Levitt and, and Dr. Claudner uh, and the folks in Washington, D.C., and through HIMSS working on interoperability standards for these systems and vendors are now having to certify interoperability. And again, this is where I think the global technology companies like Microsoft come to play. I mean, we work with the standards organizations. And in fact, I mean, web services and something we call the connected health framework or connected industry framework for healthcare is really starting to better identify those standards and at least at, at the level of web services, which of course is where contemporary healthcare information technology is moving, the standards are defined and, and interoperability will be less of a problem as we move forward. How do you see getting all the healthcare players, the government, the insurance companies to really buy into the whole electronic system and get rid of paper? What's it going to take for them? Does the price have to come down to a certain point? Yes, and that's why, again, I'm such a fan of this commoditization that's going on around the world and the fact that the price does need to come down and should come down. I, you know, I don't like seeing hospitals spending what they're spending in IT. As a physician, I'd much rather see that directed toward the care of patients and the provision of care. But speaking of provision of care, I mean, one of the things that I also evangelize and talk a lot about around the world is we need to get a lot smarter about the way we are provisioning care, a number of studies, and there are a number of actually I mean, places like Kaiser and Group Health Cooperative here in Seattle and UPMC and, and other large systems, particularly those that have a role as both payer and provider organizations, have really learned how to leverage the best of e-health services in their environment and provision both information and care via the net. I think that's in large part what's going to save us from the so-called silver tsunami that's coming is basically how do we reach people in this era where we're going to have declining numbers of highly qualified healthcare professionals and increasing numbers of patients needing our care, how do we leverage all of these resources to deliver exactly the most appropriate level of care when and where it's needed? Well, you do that by taking advantage of unified communications and commoditization of telemedicine, 
telecommunications into the home, the digital health arena. I mentioned earlier our Health Vault initiative, and in addition to that being a place where people can store their information securely and securely share it with those who need to have it, it is also a place where they can, again, through this ecosystem of partners uh, in the digital home where we have smart scales, peak flow meters, glucometers, things that generate information or monitor physiological functions, these will seamlessly connect through Health Vault to store that kind of information and share it with your doctor as well. Dr. Bill Krauss, thank you so much for coming on the show today. My pleasure. I'm Dr. Larry Caskill, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and comments at ReachMD. Please log on our website, reachmd.com, which now features on-demand podcasts of our entire library. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to a special series, Insights in Future Medicine, on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. This ReachMD program is featured on CIRMO, a free online community exclusively for physicians. To discuss this program with your colleagues, visit www.cermo.com. That's S-E-R-M-O dot com. When you join, enter ReachMD in the promotion box to receive a $15 Amazon gift card.